allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this is Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere YouTube episode of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. As I mentioned, my name down here is Jason J.D. Hernandez. You can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. And for those of you on the audio side, this is episode number 540. Oh my God. But welcome to Locked on Anaheim Ducks on YouTube. This is going to be the norm from here on out as I'll be simulcasting on both the YouTube side and the audio side. It's going to be the same on the audio side, but on the YouTube side, you'll just see my face and maybe I'll have some guests. Actually, no, I will have some guests from time to time. So do check that out. A little bit about me. I've been hosting this podcast for three seasons. And in the three seasons that I've been hosting this show, I've learned a lot about just kind of the ins and outs of NHL hockey. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I've actually been around hockey for almost a dozen years now on through the minor leagues. Uh, a little bit more about just my background. I started working actually off ice for the ECHL way back in 2010. And as a result of that, I've been doing a lot of other various things. I do statistics. I have helped with the end, then known as the NWHL, helped with some of the analytics there when that was first going and during the pandemic as well. So I'm a bit of a stats nerd. I also have done public address announcing. I've done PA announcing for college football. And I also currently do PA announcing uh, backup for the Ontario Fury of the MASL and also the voice of the Ontario Junior Reign. So for those of you in Ontario, that's part of the Junior Hockey League. Kind of a tier three, it's the Premier League, but it's still some very good hockey. So that's where you'll hear my voice from time to time around the Inland Empire, around the SoCal area. I actually help with a lot of youth sports locally. So I'm really all around as far as just sports in general, especially hockey. I mean, I've been a hockey fan for a long time. I actually started off as a baseball fan when I was a very, very young kid. In fact, one of my fondest memories was going to Dodger Stadium and seeing the likes of Ramon Martinez, seeing Fernando Valenzuela, me being a Latino. I thought it was cool to see Fernie pitch. And one of my favorite memories, even though this was against the Dodgers, was when Dennis Martinez pitched a perfect game for the Montreal Expos. Yes, I was there for that. I was also at the Big A at Angel Stadium during the Nolan Ryan number retirement ceremony while he was still playing, by the way. I still have that program from 1992. So, yeah, that's one of my first souvenirs that I ever got as a kid. So I've I've loved baseball since a kid. I've been a diehard Laker fan, a big basketball person. I played youth sports as a kid. I played a lot of baseball, a lot of basketball, a lot more basketball, actually. So that was a lot of fun. Played youth sports for a while. Played up until my teen years, to be honest. As far as hockey, I was growing up in SoCal at a time when there was only one team. And that one team was the Los Angeles Kings. So yeah, I started off as a Kings fan. But that's because there was no Ducks. There was no Ducks team at the time. 
So I'm not going to root for a team that doesn't exist. Although I really did love the Mighty Ducks films as a kid. I, I loved part one. As soon as D2, the that, that was my favorite movie as a kid growing up, was D2, the Mighty Ducks, getting to see all the greats and getting to see them play at the new Arrowhead Pond. And once the Anaheim Ducks started and once the ponds opened up, I found myself going to some of those games, went to the Forum to see the Kings. So at the time, as a kid, I didn't really think much of the rivalry because there was no rivalry. The Mighty Ducks was just starting. So yeah, my my child, like early childhood team is still the Los Angeles Kings. But man, if I didn't tell you that I had a soft spot for the Ducks, I mean, my goodness, I remember the eggplants and jade days from way back when going to see those games quite frequently seeing the likes of one of my favorite all-time players paul korea paul korea to me was the goat to me he was the best hockey player in the world and still a shame that he didn't actually win a cup with the mighty ducks but yeah i was there when the ducks won it in 2007 i remember everything vividly i remember going to the rally and seeing the governator Arnold Schwarzenegger as part of that. I still have some souvenirs from that rally. So yeah, I've, I've just enjoyed hockey in general for a very, very long time. And once the opportunity sprung about to work for the ECHL, I jumped at that right away. And that helped carry over to the American Hockey League where I've been covering the rain. I've been covering the San Diego goals. I go to San Diego. I've covered the goals for a few, for a bit. And they're super friendly down there, by the way. I sincerely enjoy going down to San Diego and seeing the fans. And just the people down there are terrific. And that's actually how I ended up being the host of Locked on Ducks. Is Sir Avampado took the Kings gig. And I said, you know what? I already go to San Diego a lot. I mean, I, I know this goals team. Like, that, that is a way to get in. So that's actually, honestly, how I became the host of Locked on Ducks was because I've been around minor league hockey for a long, long time. And that's kind of leading to now. Over, I, actually, almost a dozen years in hockey seems like a long time, doesn't it? I mean, 12 years is a long time, but it's been enjoyable. And as far as this podcast, I've been hosting this since 2019, so I've been here for the whole Dallas Eakins era, for better or worse. And I, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've enjoyed hosting this podcast. And I hope that I can bring the same enthusiasm that I bring to the audio side to the video side as well. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I've done right. I've worked in Scout. I've done some writing here and there. I've contributed to various platforms and various sites. So I've I've been around the sport just for a long, long time. Oh, and I can't wait to come back next season and hopefully see the Ducks grow as a team and hopefully see the San Diego goals get past the first round because the last couple seasons, it, it's been tough for the goals. I mean, the last time they went far was the conference finals against uh, the Chicago Wolves that my colleague... Sarah Avampado, who, by the way, will be a frequent guest, a continued frequent guest on the podcast and on the video side. She actually covers the Chicago Wolves. She was there when the Wolves took down the Gulls 
Yeah, I, I, I remember that. I remember that a lot. Oh, well. All right. We're going to head into the first intermission of this podcast, and we will be back in a little bit. But first, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Now, those of you asking, like, what is Athletic Greens? You may have seen some of the advertising on TV. Athletic Greens is really a great supplement that you could use every day. Now, I'm a person that enjoys running. I'm a person that's on the go very frequently. And I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that tastes pretty good. And I wanted to see what the hype was about. I wanted better gut health, more energy, an optimized immune system. And I hate taking pills. I hate it. So what is AG1? Well, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, etc. to help start your day right. And it's recommended by professional athletes, and it's trusted by leading health experts. So, if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, go to Athletic Greens, because Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Once again, that is Athletic Greens. You might hear from time to time that I have a guest coming on the podcast. And yeah, it's the bonus dog that I have. Her name is Zuri. She comes in once in a while. So you might see some dog content on the YouTubes from here on out. Just letting you know that. So for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs and the impact that has on the Ducks. Well, wait, how did how does that impact the Ducks? Well, I'll tell you. After the Hurricanes beat up on the New York Rangers again, the second game of last night's doubleheader was one for the books. This was just a BS crazy game that in the second period I went, what the heck just happened? There was four goals in 71 seconds. Let me repeat that. Four. Four goals in 71 seconds. What the heck happened? Well, it ended up being a 4-4 game going into the third period. And unfortunately for the Calgary Flames, there may or may not have been a kicking motion. What what exactly is a kicking motion? It's when you kick your skate apparently towards the net. But what if you're breaking? Well, if you're trying to stop yourself and break... Apparently, that should be a goal, and that's apparently in the NHL rulebooks, except not so much. Apparently, last night, the ref said, no, no, no. Toronto said, no, that's got to be no goal. Like, the call on the ice has to stand. There wasn't enough evidence here. Like, okay, really? So the goal was overturned. So the game went to overtime. And this is where I start talking about one of the best players in the league probably the best player in the league and the generational talent in Connor McDavid yeah you knew I was going to talk about Connor McDavid he single-handedly willed the Oilers to beat the Anaheim not I mean the Anaheim Ducks during the season and almost willed them to victory in 2017 if not for that 
just glorious comeback in 2017. Yeah, Ducks fans know this. The comeback on Catella. And you can see the look on McDavid's face. But McDavid, that was five years ago. He was still a young player. I mean, it was great seeing that. So McDavid is no stranger to playoff disappointment. And he's had it over and over and over and over again. He's had constant playoff disappointment up until this year. He single-handedly brought victory against the crosstown rival Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, in fact, I was at Game 6 and seeing McDavid just dance around the ice. I mean, it's incredible. He's he's one of the best players that I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of great players. I've seen Wayne Gretzky play. I've seen Luke Robitaille play. I've seen Paul Correa play. There's been some... Ter- I've seen Tim Mussolini play. There's been some great talent. Connor McDavid is up there on that list of one of the best players that I've ever seen play the game. And him playing, what, 24, 25 minutes in Game 6. And then 27 minutes in Game 7. He had the most ice time of anybody in Game 7 against the Kings and helped lead to victory. So during this series, it's been the same thing. Connor McDavid has been on a tear. So far in the playoffs, before before yesterday... He had 25 points in the playoffs. Now make that 26 because he got the game-winning goal. Right down the mid-slot area, he was left kind of alone and just roofed it. And the celebration that McDavid had after he scored that game-winning goal, he was pumped. That's someone that you don't see get too excited too often. But the reaction that Connor McDavid had is something that we had not seen from him where he slammed his stick on the ice. He got pumped. He got excited. He went, yeah, let's go. And that's all she wrote. The only disappointment is that that series did not go seven games. I was so hoping that series would go to seven games. But hey, you know what? The Edmonton Oilers, they beat the Calgary Flames four games to one. So the Edmonton Oilers won in five games. Now, How does this affect the Ducks? How? The Edmonton Oilers finished the season with 104 points. The Boston Bruins finished with 107 points. Wait, how how, how do we get to Boston? They're they're out of it. They're they're, they're not relevant, right? Right? Uh, Wrong. Remember back during the trade deadline how there was the ultimate selling of all the Anaheim Ducks? And one of those traded players was Hampus Lindholm, who went to the Boston Bruins. And what did the Ducks get back? Well, they got back Drew Helson. They got a first-round pick. That first-round pick was looking like it was going to be a 23rd pick. But the way the draft works is the top four teams that make it to the conference finals, they automatically get the bottom four picks. So that means that picks 29, 30, 31, and 32 are going to go to the conference final participants. So far, Tampa Bay with 110 points. Then you have either the Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers, 110, 116 points, or the Colorado Avs and the St. Louis Blues. But what about Edmonton? Well, Edmonton has 104 points. They were the 22nd pick in that draft. But now that they advanced to the conference finals, 
they bump all the way back to at worst 29. They'll be somewhere in 29 to 32. So that means someone has to move up. Oh, how about the Boston Bruins? How about that number one? Oh, wait. That pick is no longer... Oh, it's Anaheim's. That's right. Anaheim now has that pick. So instead of picking 23rd in the draft, they now get the 22nd pick. So now this asks, the Ducks have pick number 10 and pick number 22. I know this might not seem like a big deal to a lot of Ducks fans, but hey, you know what? Moving up that one spot could mean something. Instead of Edmonton getting that pick, instead of that pick being in your conference, now it's yours. And the teams that are ahead of Anaheim, Eastern Conference teams, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, 19 is the LA Kings, and I'm sure the Kings would love to screw over the Ducks even more than they already have. Let's face it. But immediately after that, 20 and 21, Washington, Pittsburgh, not in the conference. So now that Anaheim moves up a spot, will it make much of a difference? It might. Even the smallest of differences could mean a fortune. Well, maybe not a fortune, but it could mean a lot to the Ducks. Because maybe there's a player that they're looking at that can go, hmm, maybe we can get this guy. And I do have two names in mind. Actually, I have like three or four names in mind, but I'm going to go over three of them in the final segment of this podcast because there's some pretty decent names that the Ducks could pick up. And before we get to that, you might ask, what should the Ducks be looking for in this draft? They probably need to replenish their defensive core. They just gave up a lot of defense. They gave up Hampus Lindholm. And Lindholm, by the way, he re-signed with the Boston Bruins. So he, he's gone. He's not coming back. Then you have Josh Manson, the game one hero for the Colorado Avalanche. We don't know if he's going to come back or not. We don't know how much he's going to get in free agency. I'm sure him probably going to the conference finals is going to raise his profile a little bit. So I have to assume that both defensemen that got traded are not coming back to Anaheim. One of them for sure is not. So what does that mean for the future? Well, you've got to restockpile your defense because the defense that's in San Diego right now, I mean, it's decent. It's not the best, but it's decent. You have an excellent defenseman in Olin Zellweger who should be coming up in the next couple of seasons. I'm excited about him, but you need more than that. Yeah, you have Cam Fowler. You have Shattenkirk for one more season. You have Jamie Drysdale who should be the future. Look, aside from Fowler and Drysdale, who else do you have for your defensive future? So restockpiling defense is probably going to be of utmost importance for the Ducks. So we'll talk about that after this brief intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust and the latest lines are now up and Colorado is still among the favorites. Tampa Bay, they're almost the favorite to three Pete. So does that mean that Corey Perry's finally going to get his first cup in 15 seasons? Does that mean Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon of all people is going to win four consecutive cups? 
Well, hey, if you want to check out the latest props, odds, and lines, then head over to Bet Online. Has you covered this season? The NBA Finals are approaching. You have the Warriors in it. You could have them facing the Heat or the Celtics. All those lines are on Bet Online. By the way, Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, both on audio and on YouTube now. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And once again, we're going to be talking about draft stuff. As I mentioned in the last segment, the Ducks now have the 22nd pick as their second pick. This is the one they got from the Boston Bruins. Thank you, Boston. Thank you for blowing it in round one. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there was some Ducks fans that were rooting for Hampus Lindholm. And yeah, some fans were rooting for Boston. But... Hey, you know what? If Boston was in the conference final, that would be a 29th pick. Yeah, no. So, yeah. Thanks again, Boston. Another first-round pick. The last time that the Bruins traded a first-round pick to the Anaheim Ducks was Jacob Perot, who is currently with the San Diego Goals, hopefully with the Ducks soon. Yes, the same Jacob Perot that had the Michigan goal this past season up in Bakersfield, for the San Diego goals. In case you miss it on the audio side, I talked about my top three goals moments and that Michigan goal was up there. So going back to the draft, there's a few names that I looked at. I'm actually going to go over three of them today because I I could go over more, but we run well over time. So I'm going to start with a name that might not be known to a lot of people and his stats look pretty good. And this is Owen Beck from Port Hope, Ontario, Canada. He's currently playing with the Mississauga Steelheads of the Ontario Hockey League. And he's a six-foot defenseman. Or sorry, a center. He's a center. (laughs) My defenseman's coming right after, by the way. Owen Beck, B-E-C-K. He's the center. He's only 18 years old. He's ranked number 20 by Elite Prospects. This past season with Mississauga... He's got 51 points in 68 games and six points during their playoff run. Uh, Overall, his style of play would be one, he can get a little bit physical, which, hey, I am more than okay with having a decently physical forward who's remind me a little bit, just slightly, of Mason McTavish. And the reason I make that comparison is is just in his style of getting goals. He gets a lot of, I don't want to say greasy goals, but he does crash the net sometimes. He does get into this habit of making himself big in front of goalies for those screens. So, I mean, it's not just the goals and the assists, but you have to look at the overall scope of his game. He's a gifted center, and he's a smart center as well. I know he's not in a lot of people's radars as far as a first-round pick, But, you know, his skating is good. I love his two-way playing ability. He has some great defensive abilities. Might be one of the best defensive centers in the OHL. But also not afraid to get a little bit dirty. 
And he's not afraid to hit or be hit. So, hey, you know what? If the Ducks can get him, that would be fine. But there's some other bigger names that I would hope fall in the laps of the Anaheim Ducks. And these are the two names that I'm most excited about. And I'm going to save the best one for last. So my first one is going to be another center from Chechia. And that is Yuri Kulic. Now, the reason I've seen a little bit of him is because because he plays for Chechia. And some guy by the name of Lukas Dostal also played for Chechia. He was captain of the under-18 team. All right, he was captain. He helped lead them to WJC Gold in the under-18 tournament. He scored 11 points in six games, nine goals. He was probably the best player in that under-18 tournament, and he is supremely skilled. And if he somehow falls all the way to 21, then that would be a steal. That would be an absolute steal. His stock really raised in the under-18 worlds. Again, he was named the MVP of the tournament. He led Chechia to gold. He was not afraid to just take a good shot and nail it. His accuracy, that's what I love a lot. He has a very accurate shot. If he goes to the NHL, if he projects to be an NHL player, he could have a very high shooting percentage. Kind of like a guy that we just saw for Anaheim this season. Who would? Oh, that's right. That would be Troy Terry, the fellow Virgo, who led the Ducks in goal scoring this season with his accurate shot. Yuri's kind of got a similar shot. A little bit better than Sam Steele, but somewhat similar to Troy Terry as far as accuracy, as far as the snapshot. So that's another name that the Ducks could be looking at. There's a lot of mock drafts that have Yuri somewhere in the mid-teens. The Athletic has, has him at number 19. If the Kings don't take him at 19, then maybe, just maybe, he might be able to fall to the Ducks. And if he does fall to the Ducks, I would say take him unless, unless this defenseman also falls to Anaheim. And this is someone that I like a whole lot. And my buddy Taylor Blake Ward, who also has covered hockey, and he used to host Locked on Angels. Owen Pickering. That is one of the names, the big names, that I am currently looking at in this year's draft. Owen Pickering is a big, big defenseman. 6'5", a buck 80. Good skater, by the way. Not just a good skater, a good skater for his size. Now look... I know there's not a whole lot of defensemen out there that are mobile. I mean, look at Jamie Dreisel. He's on the shorter side, but he's very mobile. Look at Olin Zellweger. He's mobile. Then you have Owen Pickering. I mean, he's a big 6'5". He's one of the most most mobile defensemen, but he's also a great puck handler. He can move the puck. He can drive play. He can quarterback a power play with ease. And even if his offense isn't as good as an Olin Zellweger or Jimmy Drysdale, he could be a terrific, terrific depth defenseman that can drive offense and really move, but also an excellent back checker, by the way. I look at guys like Pickering that get into lanes, 
that take a lot of blocks that use their long sticks and Pickering has a long stick. But again, with that 6.5 frame, you've got to have a long stick. One of the best active sticks in the entire WHL. He did only have 33 points with the swift current Broncos of the WHL. But man, his, his defense was really terrific. And that's someone that I would say you can count on as far as stopping pucks, as far as having a shut down defender. And if you're the Ducks, maybe that is something that you're looking for. Maybe you are looking for a shutdown defender. And there are a lot of prospect polls saying he could go as high as number 15, according to EliteProspects.com. The Athletic has him at 22, right there. If Pickering falls to 22, between Pickering and and Coolidge, that, that's tough. That's very tough, but that's a good problem to have. And I personally would rather take Pickering just to replenish that defensive core for the future. So those are three names to look for. you got two Owens. You've got Yuri Coolidge. But the one I'm looking at a lot, Owen Pickering. Remember that name. I, I hope the Ducks can get someone very good on that spot and someone that can make a difference at the 22 pick. I mean, the Ducks have had great impact players in the 20s in the draft. So could they strike gold again? Can it happen again? Can the Anaheim Ducks make the most of their now 22nd pick in this year's NHL draft? And that's how we're going to end it for today's simulcast podcast, both on YouTube and on the audio side, as always. So once again, on the audio side, this is episode number 540 and episode number one on YouTube. So thank you all once again for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. And for those of you that had a lot of kind words over the past month, I mean, I've I've actually gone through a lot the, the last month. It is so appreciated. So thank you all for continuing to support the podcast. And I can't wait to be back for season number four of Locked on Ducks. It's going to be a fun ride. All right. Uh, Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now YouTube. So, hey, it's available everywhere. If you want to drop me a line, you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks. Yeah, it's LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I I can do this. I promise. So it's LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter... My personal Twitter, which is right down here, is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So once again, follow one or both accounts. The Locked on Ducks Twitter is the one to follow for all the Ducks content. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. And I'm going to sign off here as I always do on the audio side. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks... I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another, especially at times like these. And hey, ducks fly together.